From radio shows past. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats, salads and soups, paper, plastic, here's Clem Flurm. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Clem, for making the call. And boy, did it come in the nick of time because... Uh, uh, we've been talking about uh, personal ads and right. uh, singles ads and right. things like well, that. Before we do that, I want to wish a happy birthday to Ron, the Prince of Kent. But I don't know, at 50 years old, to be still a prince, don't you think that's kind of being an underachiever? Well, it's sort of the same boat that Prince Chuck is in. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess so. Gonna to, somebody's going to have to have to check out for him to get the main gig. As far as I know. He not too much, has he? Yeah, the no. Prince of Kent doesn't have the ears that Chuck does, so oh. he's got that going for him. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Lisa, I think you were probably just a little too specific on your search criteria for a match. Well, I think you ought to broaden the scope a little bit to, like, you know, just one question. Can he fog a mirror? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll have to rethink that. Other than that, do you have... uh, What are things should not be in a singles ad? Well, you know, it's funny you should mention that. You were talking about some things, you know, guys posing without shirts or posing in front of their cars or yeah. with fish or, you know, other animals. Right, right, right. I, you know, came up with a, a list. This is, was brought on by Hard Experience. Um, but a list of bad ideas for your singles ad. Things uh, you don't want to put in your singles ad. And are, right. there, and are there ten of them? Exactly ten. Per- perfect. And here's number ten. One. Any Ten. photo containing blood. <laughs> Number nine. Mentioning any restraining orders. <laughs> Number eight. Use of the phrase low testosterone. <laughs> Clint's top ten bad ideas for your singles ad. Right. Number seven. <laughs> Admitting that you live in your mother's basement. <laughs> Number six. <laughs> Bragging that you've never been to a dentist. <laughs> brag about it. Number five. Posing with your Jeffrey Dahmer scrapbook. Oh. Number four bad idea for your singles ad. Bragging about how many initiatives you've sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) Number three. What? Number three. What? Your nickname is the Possum Chef. (laughs) Number two bad idea for your singles ad. Details of your alien abduction experience. (laughs) Unless you want to go out with Art Bell, of course. And the number one bad idea... For your singles ad. Trekkie is an understatement. Como. <laughs> AM 1000. Fisher Communications. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast. Hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. It's love and time. time. Ever heard of a thing called the fuzz tone? It's a rock and roll thing. Uh, that uh, no. uh, there's a man named uh, uh, Glenn Snoddy. 
Snotty? S-N-O-D-D-Y. That snotty is unfortunate enough that it wouldn't be snotty. But uh, he, uh, he, he was recording a Nashville session with uh, singer Marty Robbins way back in the 60s. And 90 seconds into a song, the bass guitar started screwing up. It made a fuzzy, abrasive sound instead of the sound it's supposed to make. Uh, and so it, it, it was it distorted. But the engineer said, hey, that sounds kind of cool, that distortion. And hmm. then everybody wanted that on purpose after that. So Glenn Snotty, who just passed away, uh, inadvertently invented the fuzz tone, which you hear in all kinds of songs like, uh, well, like this one by the Rolling Stones. And everybody uh, loved it and it kind of changed music forever. So I thought I would mention Glenn Snotty. That's a really interesting, you're, you're always full of little, little trivia things. I'm attracted to those kind of things that are kind of yeah. weird like that. It's fun. Yeah, that is fun. Hey, uh, how you doing? I'm doing well, but what am I hearing? Well, in the background, it sounds it, like you're sounds like you're on a boat. That that's a fuzz I, tone back there. <laughs> no, no, what what you're hearing is uh, the the next door neighbors here. And again, I am talking to you remotely from from uh, Central Oregon. The next door neighbors are having some trees dropped and and limbed, and so there's oh. these guys from a tree service with this huge truck, and in this um, incredible chipper. I'm watching them shove entire trees into this chipper and its sawdust oh, is coming out the other end God. and I, I think you know in the movie Far, fargo that yes w- that wasn't actually very effective way to dispose of a human because oh, uh, that just, still gets me every time when i see a wood chipper they are so um chippy. thorough yes. they're very they're yeah. very effective no, and they, uh they are very effective it's, yeah you got to be careful but that's what you hear and hopefully they're finishing their work here but uh if we're interrupted from time to time, uh, that's why. But I, w- I would want nothing to do with a job like that. I, I'm so afraid of dropping trees. I can't even uh, drop a, a hedge. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to drop it on myself. I, mean, I know. Well, chainsaws and wood chippers, just, there's a lot of power tools I don't mind getting my paws on. Yeah. But I am just completely freaked out chainsaws especially because of that uh uh possibility of what i guess it's called uh kickback yes that that like if you hit a knot it'll just fly out and split your head in half yeah i've owned a couple of terrifies yeah i've owned a couple of chainsaws and i'm always terrified when i'm out there doing it (laughs) i I know and and we have some even the little ones even a little baby chainsaw oh yeah, the, yeah, it doesn't matter. Even a toy chainsaw scares me. <laughs> we had uh, some trees dropped in at our previous home. Big. Now, why really, do you call them? Why do you call them dropped, not cut down? Well, I, I don't know. I just wanted to. Is be... Is that uh, like? Is that forest speak? Is I'm that, just super into that, synonyms. All of a is sudden. that lumberjack talk? Yeah, we're yeah. Gonna, I guess that, I guess that is kind of lumberjack we're, talk. We're gonna head out and drop some trees. But we had guys that the, the, these tree service guys. They uh, fearlessly will climb yes. way to the top of a tree that's like four thousand feet high, and, <laughs> and begin and begin limbing it and, and walking down the tree, dropping right. it section by section. Man, that, those guys are just incredible. 
It really yeah, is amazing. Yeah, it is. Amazing. It is amazing. I had a couple of trees dropped at my house when I bought it years ago. Why did you use and, that term? Because <clears throat> it's, it's lumberjack speak that I just oh. learned. Oh, I, but let me write that you're down. right. They get up there and they get their little spiky shoes on and they get their harnesses and they just cut section by section and lower it to the ground. Yeah. And it's pretty. And they're usually pretty well built guys. Yeah, they so you are. Don't, you don't yeah. you don't have any sloppy sloppy guys. No. You got to be strong. First of all, you got to yeah. work your way up the tree. No then kidding. Then you got to cut them. I mean, you got to lift things and drop heavy things. Yeah. Um, While it, it, holding a chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's uh, frightening. Those, those are it's men's men. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night. I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees. I eat my lunch. I go to the lavatory. <laughs> On Wednesdays I go shopping and have buttered scones for tea. He cuts down trees, eats his lunch, he goes to the lavatory. <laughs> on Wednesday he goes shopping, has buttered scones for tea. He's a lumberjack and he's okay, he sits all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I skip and jump, I like to press wildflowers. I put on women's clothing and hang around in bars. <laughs> he cuts down trees, and jumps, he likes to press wild flowers. He puts on women's clothing and hangs around in bars. He's a lumberjack and he's all day. He sits all night and he works all day. I cut up trees, I wear high heels, suspend his underbar. I wish I'd been a girly, just like my dear mama. I cut down trees, wear high heels, suspend his underbar. Yeah, they really are. I did get you to work. You are a man's though. man. I did get to I was going to say in the woods two two years when I was going to college. I probably told you this before. Yeah, uh, but I did a thing that they called setting chokers. I don't know if they still take wood out the same way, but I assume they do. After trees are falled. And then, then they cut them into large, long logs and that are eventually loaded onto logging trucks and taken to the mills. Well, the, a, choker, a choker setter's job, I always used to tell people I had two jobs that were at, conflict, at odds with each other. One was a job where I uh, killed dogs with my bare hands. Uh, so I was a, a setter choker. And then I had this job as a choker setter. Wait. Oh, I guess the what? joke is no funnier oh, then than now. Oh, God. Yeah. But anyway, so so what a choker setter uh. does is you, you have these um, cables that you wrap around the end of a tree, and then you clamp them together, and then a, a guy in a uh, uh, caterpillar, uh, whatever you call them. They, they, yeah, they, a little tractor thing. They pull the trees down the trail to deliver them to the truck. So as a choker setter, you have to kind of get down and underneath a tree, and you have to jam this this wire underneath there. And sometimes it's near to the ground, and so you have to kind of punch your way through it. And then it's also a good idea, at least where I was working in the woods, to make sure there's no snakes underneath there or rattlesnakes oh, or something like that. That oh. happened a couple of times, but uh, and so so if if the the trees that you're hooking up are 
quite a distance from the landing where the trees will wind up. Once you've got these trees all hooked up and the tractor goes away, you can kind of sit and lollygag around and sometimes it'd be half an hour, 45 minutes and I'd be out daydreaming and not paying attention and taking a nap. I mean, uh, so it, it wasn't a hard job 100% of the time. But mm-hmm. one time I got sloppy and I set this, got this tree hooked up and then instead of getting behind the tree, which, you're, which you should do, get uphill behind the tree, I stood alongside as the guy began pulling the, the log away. And it, and the and the front port of the log hooked onto a rock or a tree stump that was just out of sight, and it lifted the whole tree up, and it swung right over the top of my head like a oh. baseball bat. Oh! If it had hit me, I I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Wow! You ever had a ever had one of those near death experiences where your legs turned to jello? That's I was just happened. gonna say, yeah. That's, that's what happened to me. I went to the ground. I just was quivering. Oh my God! I came so close. So, but you learn from that, and I never stood in that position again. So re- why why didn't your lumberjack career go anywhere? Well, I think it ended one day. Well, I, there's a movie called Sometimes a Great Notion. Henry Fonda was in it, and uh, it was from a Ken Kesey story. And there's a scene in it where a log starts rolling down a hill towards a uh, lumberjack and mm. he has to run not only downhill from the log that's approaching him but you got to run downhill and to the side so that you're eventually going to get away from it in the movie a guy jumps in front of a stump and then the log bumps over the stump and continues <gasps> on down the hill oh okay you're gonna say it was gonna smash him no it, it just okay so I've always Those remembered were. that scene from that movie, <laughs> and then a, and then a, something similar happened to me, and I think the movie saved my life because I re- remembered I you can't just run downhill because it's eventually going to catch up. You got to run downhill, but also to the side, you know. Uh huh. And, and I it, I just outran this thing, and I think I said that's it. <laughs> I got I got to get out of here. I can't well, do this sh- anymore. You shouldn't be cutting trees down on hills. Shouldn't you cut them down on the flat part? Ideally, yes, but you know, <laughs> a lot of a lot of the forest is on hills. Well, I suppose it is, but hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah that so, sounds uh, scary. So, if uh, my I guess my the point is, if you're a daydreamer like I was and still am, you get easily distracted by things, <laughs> you're thinking about stuff, and you're not paying attention. You just can't have. I can't be. I can't work at Benny Hanna's, for example. Uh, I would. I'd, <laughs> Yeah, it's a good thing you got into radio, so that was much, much more suited for you. Even that was too dangerous. And when you're daydreaming in radio, what do you know? You're doing a talk show, so whatever comes into your mind. Very true, very true. Anyway, I say if life hands you lemons... Run uh, away from them. (laughs) Break out the tequila. Yeah, Yeah, just race downhill. Tequila. Yeah, (laughs) just race downhill. So, uh, you doing okay? Yes, I'm doing fine. I um, just, uh, it's, you know, summertime now here, finally in Seattle. And it's, it's funny, been very, it's summertime here too. It's been very hot this week and I, I just can't take it. It's, and I'm coming to see you like in the middle of the Duh. summer. How hot is it going to be? I think I asked you this last time because I worry about that stuff. 
Uh, it's going to be about 130. And we're going to be outside, right? Sometimes. <laughs> I want to take you to... I, I, I told you... Uh, uh, when we texted each other that I'm, we're going to run you ragged for the yeah, two or three days I know. that you're here. I heard that. I am. That. I'm going to take you uh, things that you don't do, at least as far as I know. You're going to go I river rafting. You're going to yeah. go hiking. You're gonna hiking? Go, you're going to go bicycling. We're going to take you to lakes. You're going to go in boats. I'm going to take you to Crater Lake. Have you ever been there? No, I'm really excited about yeah, that. It, it I is. It's beautiful. It's, un- it's stunning. You can't believe it. It's really remarkable. It's a... One of our national parks, and it's really something to see. So, I'm glad so. that you you were friends because I know you know my personality, and you know that I get crabby, um, kind of easily. So I'm, <laughs> I I <laughs> why are you laughing? Oh, oh nothing. <laughs> I do get crabby kind of easily, but I I promise this time I really had a great time when we we took the bikes out last time although it was very smoky because all the wildfires were going on <coughs> down there it was t- i still can't believe it but we took that that long bike ride and i just want you to know i'm not going to complain this time like i did last time i think i oh, complained sure. the entire bike ride and then i fell off the bike as soon as we got home i fell off of it yeah, so and then i felt terrible I, about that i will be better <clears throat> this time right on an anthill and I, <laughs> I, I, I'd say hundreds of ants were killed in that horrible accident. Oh gosh, not with my caboose. I probably murdered <laughs> murdered a lot more than that. But uh, yeah, gonna... so I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm I'm delighted to be able to come back to beautiful uh, Oregon. Just I hope that the place doesn't catch fire like it did last year. Because yeah. well, you know, know this uh, <clears throat> Oregon is marking the 175th anniversary. This year of the first organized wagon train. Really? Which left from uh, someplace in Missouri, I think Independence, for the Oregon Territory in May of 1843. Oh, man, I would complain so much if I had to get on a wagon train to oh, go anywhere. It, it just it just always uh, amazes me that people did this. They yes. say some 400,000 pioneers eventually embarked on this. It was like a over wow. 2,000 mile journey. One in every 10 died along I the way. I was just going to ask how many people croaked. Yeah. And do they say how they died? Was it just um, heat or they were cranky or f- no food or somebody murdered them? Because, you know, road trips with All your family. Your, yeah. ro- your road trips with your family can be very difficult. That's right. So, well, you know, there could be everything from Indian attacks to, uh, oh, I suppose, right. a lot of women died in childbirth. I mean, it, and probably animal attacks. You yeah, know, that's possible. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, yeah, it's uh, in in uh, Baker City, which they used to just call Baker. It's over on the east side of Oregon. Uh, you can still see um, they've they've got a interpretive center there, and they show you actual ruts left by the wagon trains and uh, mm. pretty cool i, I yeah. just think it's astounding that would be another thing sort of like working in the woods i wouldn't have made it i couldn't oh, have made it me either wagon trains. me either where the wagon trains used to cross the plains there's always the wind the whistling wind whistling of the day there's a guy I read his book. It's called The Oregon Trail. Uh, 
he's probably wrote it five years ago, and he and his brother decided that they would recreate traveling on the Oregon Trail, and, and they did. His name is Rinker Buck. But they just had all kinds of misadventures. What do you mean? What do you What do you mean recreate? Like they traveling actually, on yeah, they by actually, foot? No, they actually put. Uh, you got a covered wagon. Oh my God! Got a team, and they headed out trying as much as they could to follow the actual Oregon Trail, and uh, and they just there's so many misadventures along the. I can recommend that book, The Oregon Trail. There there was a there's a late there's an earlier book. 150 years ago, I think, called the Oregon Trail by someone named Francis Parkman. But this is kind of an updated thing where he decided, let's try this. I'm, I'm going to see if we, we can do it. And Why? They did. I don't just know. Be, just, just to do it. Just Maybe because. he thought, I can get a book out of this or yeah, something. Yeah, okay. But it was, it's I don't one, know. It's wonderful. One thing I learned from the book, you, when you see these television shows and movies the wagon trains are always being pulled by horses that's what i was going to ask yeah but he, but he said in most cases you'd never use a horse they weren't sturdy enough so they always would use oxen uh, oh to, to pull the wagon trains because they they're stronger they, and they can endure longer and they pack those wagon trains like crazy oh yeah most people like, didn't ride in them either like they do in the shows they would walked alongside and so what were they for? Kept Just for food? In the and, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I would not uh, fare well if I had to be on one of those. So, on the other hand, I... maybe we wouldn't be here right now if people hadn't hitched up the wagon and come west. No, we'd still I mean, be eventually, in, eventually still you'd be in get Missouri. Here. We'd just be sitting around waiting for them to invent the car, I guess. <laughs> right. Or the bus. Or the, right. Or, the train or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's too much adventure for me, so. On a board, high in the weather, praying to the Lord, we stay together, side by side, on the wagon train. Hey, you, let me ask, let me switch, uh, Subjects like a drunken man uh, g- going from another bar to a new one. Uh, are you? What is your full name? I forgot your middle name. Are you happy with your name? Yeah, Lisa Marie. Oh, that's right. Le- like Lisa Marie Presley. No, yeah. don't say that. Everybody well, says why? that. Well, don't well, say well, that, that because my mother named me first. Yes, it is. Well, okay, but I'm saying so. It's a name similar. It's exactly like Lisa Marie Presley. Right, but my that mother you named- can't deny. Right, but my mother named me first, and when people say it like the way you just said it, it makes it sound like I was named after Lisa Marie Presley. I, I see. She was named if after If I was me. you, I would have gone with what I said, because that would imply that you're vastly younger than Lisa Marie Presley. I know. Dang it. Can I do that over? Yeah, we'll, I'll edit this part out. <laughs> Uh, my name, and I, and I almost never tell people my first name because I've been kind of embarrassed to use it for years. Not because it's a bad name, but because people always say it wrong. But my first name is Morris, but it's not you know, spelled. It, it's M M A U R I C E. So most people would say Maurice. I always forget always, that. It always sounded a little. I don't know. Chrissy to me, Maurice. Some people call me Maurice. 
never speak of the pompatists of love. I always forget that. I always forget that it's Morris, and when I see it, I don't know. I see it. Sometimes I'll see it because I'll get an email from you from a different account, or I don't know where I'll see it. Just try not to see it, yeah. Yeah, but I always think it's it's Maurice. So maybe your mother just made a mistake. And because that's not, I don't think that M A U R I C E is pronounced Morris. It should be M O R R I S. Yeah, exactly. So I I don't blame people for thinking it's Maurice, uh, but I just decided, you know what, I'm going to be Pat, which is bad enough. But I'll I'll just be Pat. I won't. And so I would, it gets confusing sometimes because a lot of forums ask you to tell your first and your last name right so I'll, I'll usually put m patrick cashman and they said no no what's the m you got to tell us what that means so mm. anyway my my point is that i saw this article not long ago about names and it was written by a guy named theodore wayne i think am i right about that yeah never trust a man with two first names it begun it begins with you've got enough friends a new one is bad for you says a petulant character named max in a uh, cult movie called kicking and screaming you start spreading your affection around and it ruins thin it runs thin believe me it's a two decade old reference and it might feel dated but the the film was set in and the way its characters interact is interesting and it, basically, his article is about how he's not really... You know what? I'm reading the wrong article here. <laughs> I just said, wait a minute. That isn't the article I remember. Morris, what has come I, over you? I'm going to edit that part out, too. <laughs> Sorry. We're, well, then we're down, to maybe, we're down to maybe five minutes of content now. We've just know, edited out so most stupid. of it. I know. It's so stupid. I'm reading the wrong article. <laughs> And I didn't look at the headline, so I'm reading our So name, I'm sure it has make... something to do with names. Is that right? Yes, it does. It does. Okay. It's called, the article's called The Power in Your Name. The name game. And it's written... By a guy named Arthur Brooks, who's he was immensely unhappy with the name Arthur. And he begins by writing, Remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. That's what Dale Carnegie said in his self-improvement book, mm. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Ah. And basically he's saying that if you want to engage somebody, use their name a lot. It's very personal, and we love the, the sound of our own name being said. But this guy says, Arthur Brooks says, I am in the other small percentage of people, though, that cringes a little bit every time I hear somebody say my name, and this has been true ever since I was a kid. One of my earliest memories is of a lady in a department store asking my name, and then I said, my name is Arthur, and she bursts out laughing. Oh, (laughs) that's so mean. She says, before you, she says, before you judge that lady, let's acknowledge that it's actually pretty, pretty amusing to meet a little kid with an old guy's name. According to the Social Security Administration, Arthur maxed out in popularity back in the 90s. 
the 1890s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, he said, and it's just, it's never gotten popular again. And their women's names are exactly Yeah, like you don't uncool. meet any, you don't meet any babies named Ethel. No, you not really. You don't. You know, Although there is, I think there's been a resurgence of using old names for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, recently that that i would see a lot of new parents naming their kid arthur because it is old-fashioned and old school and they don't want to yeah there won't their likelihood of there being other arthurs in their first grade class are slim yeah like i named our kid our, our kids are chris and kate boring you yeah know, i wish we'd been a little more inventive in the in the names that we used but they say that Arthur doesn't even crack the top 200 boys' names. And since 2013, it has been beaten in popularity by Maximus and Maverick. Maverick. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Really? Yeah. He yeah. says, one thing I constantly hear from people I meet for the first time is, I thought you were going to be a lot older because they'd heard his name, and so they were expecting an older person. And, uh, and that's so true. I met a woman named... I want to say her name was Mildred uh, recently, and and then she turned out to be in her twenties, and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, Mildred's a really old name. Yeah, she went. She goes with Millie, of course. That's but, uh, cute. But I, I've always found the the subject of what's in a name to be kind of fascinating. Yeah, and how your how your life might have been different, or what people might assume about you. It's very based true. on your name. Yeah, it's very true. You have an idea of what somebody is going to be like. You know, when you, there's a certain name, like you, you always, you know, use, when you're telling a story, you always, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, use the name Larry, Larry. Yeah. yeah. So you don't assume that Larry's really got it going on, maybe so much. He's probably not particularly handsome or dynamic in any way, shape, and why, or form. And why is that? I or don't why know. Why would I think that? Yeah. I don't know. It's just this artificial thing that I've. Apparently, but you're right. That's my default name for kind of a goofy guy. And so, what and would you think that people would assume if you had gone through your whole life with your first name of Morris? Well, first well, of I all, have a, you'd have to correct them 800 million times a day that it's not yeah, Maurice. Probably. It's pro- Morris. Yeah. yeah, that's probably true. I have a cousin who uh, proudly went with uh, Morris his whole life, and everybody calls him Maury. And he's cool with it, and I and I probably should have been cool with it too, but in a way, uh, I, maybe I'm just carrying on like my predecessors did, because it turns out that I am Morris Patrick Cashman, the fourth, maybe the fifth, and they all went with Pat as well. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Huh. So for whatever, yeah. I never knew that. At least, at least that's what I've been told. They did this study last year. In the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, which, of course, is a magazine I receive here at the house, and researchers put images of unfamiliar faces in front of people and then said, guess what this person's name is from a list (laughs) of four plausible-seeming names. And the participants uh, should have guessed correctly 25% of the time because they had four names to choose from. Right. But instead, they got it right 38% of the time. And they did this this study eight different times, and they got similar results. That's and, uh, strange. It is kind of strange, but so, I guess what it means is that people maybe tend to look like their name, if that makes any sense. I mean, or they one, they make themselves look like their name, like you know what I mean. That could be <clears> too. <throat> yeah, that could be true. Uh, anyway, they published this and. 
they found that people gravitate toward places of residence and they gravitate towards occupations that resemble their own names. Like so, the guy who wrote this article is the president of the American Enterprise Institute. You'd think a guy that had that title would be named Arthur. That sort of sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so, I thought it was Yeah, you have to be careful stuff. about what you name your children because... And celebrities are famous for this. I mean, all they, they these crazy baby names they come up with, which right. are... Are, are nuts. I uh, heard a story in the news today. I don't know who this was, but there was a, a family. Their last name is Cups, C-U-P-S, and they just had a baby girl, and they named her, her first name is Reese, and then her middle initial is E, which is weird. Like Reese, Reese E. Cups. E. Cups. <laughs> Reese. Not, Reese good. Like I might have gone with T or I don't know. Butter, <laughs> butter, butter cups, maybe? I don't know. And do you really want but to now, saddle a child with that sort of play on words? It might be cute. No, well, you got to think about In fact, I used to think about, now what, like my, my initials, for example. Yours are uh, L-A-F. L-M. L-M-F. You oh, already forgot right. my middle name. Already you I thought forgot. it was Anne, because I thought it was Anne, and I was going to make the point that how perfect your name would be. <laughs> yeah, really. An acronym been. for laugh. Yes. Yeah. And yours anyway, is? So mine is MPC. So I always thought, I've got to be careful and think about every implication of the names that you choose. What if I chose, like, to name my son Frederick Ulysses Cashman? Oh. <laughs> that would be an unfortunate acronym. Yeah, he could never get towels monogrammed, ever. <laughs> no, they'd think they, they, they would they'd, they'd get mad they'd at him. They'd say, no way. But this is even more, here's one more interesting part about this business of names. Researchers say that a higher proportion of men named Lewis live in St. Louis than would occur at random. No. And a lot of people... No. That's what, they, that's what the researchers say. And the, a lot of people named Dennis or Denise become dentists. No, they do not. This is what the research said. That's I just thought just, it was really weird. That's not... Somebody's well, making that up. I, no, this is... A, well, I, maybe they are making it up. I'm just telling you what he wrote. Huh. And they and Arthur says one name to attenuate the impact of a name you don't like is to marry someone with a name that somehow offsets yours. And he said, in my case, I uh, I did the opposite of what. Yeah, in other words, if you have a dorky name, you'd want to marry someone with a more up to date name that would sort of offset yours. But he said, in my case, I did the opposite. I married a woman named Esther. Yeah. She said, this was a pretty common name in her native Barcelona in the 1960s. But here in America, yeah. it predates World War One. Right. And then to make matters worse, after we got married, our first home was in Boca Raton, Florida. And we were aggressively pursued by telemarketers for burial plots and Medigap insurance. Oh. Because, because when they see the names yeah. Esther and Arthur and they're living in Florida, right. oh, they must be about ready to die. Exactly. So, so they would get all of these funeral and Wow, that's services. crazy. Yeah. I just thought kind of cool. Never thought about that before. I used to get a lot of, um, before the internet and you'd have to spell your name on the phone for whatever it was, I used to get mail because then I'd end up on a mailing list. But remember I told you I used to get mail for Lisa Soster. S yes, S-O-S-T-E-R. Yeah, because yeah. they couldn't hear that I was saying an F on the phone. And I always knew that it was um, 
not important mail if it came for Lisa Soster. I don't want fish cakes and rye bread. You heard what I said. Waiter, please serve mine fried. I want the brim fam sauce with the awesome thing with Shafafa on the side. My family still laughs at, at the time we were at a restaurant. I think we were in Hawaii, too. And my mom was with us, and uh, there was me and my wife and our kids. And uh, they were getting our table ready. And then an announcement comes over the intercom in the restaurant saying, Crapman? Party of six, Crapman, party of six. That's awesome. And, and and the next Christmas, somebody sent us monogrammed napkins with the Crapmans on it. We've got towels that say the Crapmans on it. And we'll often get mail from friends who know the story to the Crapmans. It's always, it's delivered. There's no problem with that. Right. Yeah. The Crapmans. Yeah, I love it. When I think back on all Crap I learned in high school It's a wonder I can think at all Hey, uh, to get uh, onto a topic uh, substantially more serious um, Yes As we're recording this, we have uh, seen a couple of high-profile suicides Yes uh, Anthony Bourdain and uh, Bourdain Anthony Bourdain and Kate Bourdain, Spade Bourdain I mean And Kate yeah. Spade Yeah Yeah Within and a week the, of each other Not not uh, not related But just uh, very close in, in the time uh, The time that each did that Very disturbing Yeah Very they, upsetting it, it, they, they say since 1999 Suicide rates in the U.S. Have risen by 28% 28% and it's now mm. the second leading cause of death for younger people and the 10th leading cause of death overall. And most of the gun deaths are suicides mm-hmm. in, in this country as well. Really? I would they not have guessed that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of disturbing. Research on people who survive suicide attempts indicates that in 70% of cases, uh, less than an hour passes between the idea of killing yourself and the attempt. So it... It, it, that tells me that it's happening maybe because you got really drunk or, uh, you know. Some, or you had I mean, some it's, bad, it's not, some really bad news or. Yeah. I mean, it's not, in other words, it's not long contemplated, although there are people with severe depression that sure. say this or, time and again. Or debilitating disease that they think about yeah. and, and yeah. eventually realize yeah. they can't live with anymore. But that is very surprising. So. You think about it, and then an hour later, you do it. Yeah. Wow. In 25% of those cases, it's less than five minutes. Wow. And most, survivor, most survivors say later, say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry I did that. And they, they regret what they tried to do. And 90% are still alive more than 25 years later. So if you, they can get past that incident. How uh, many? How which, much? Did you say 90 Ninety percent. Ninety percent have don't, don't try, don't it, try again. it again. Wow. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I uh, have at least two friends. Uh, one that was successful, and it it I'm haunts you in sorry. a way that you, yeah. you can't. It's a guy that was probably my best friend when we in my early radio days. Is down in Central Oregon here. Uh, he was a sales guy, 
and I was an on-air person, but we just hit it off. And uh, and so when I my air shift was over, he would often join me down at this pizza parlor, and he should have been out trying to sell time for the radio station, but instead we're sitting in this pizza place, whiling away the hours, drinking a beer, and just shooting the breeze. And uh, we, we got really close, and he... He wanted to be, you could tell, he wanted to be on the air. Mm. He would come on my show and do these characters. And it was so clear, he didn't want to be a sales guy. He wanted to be uh, an on-air guy. But for some reason, he never pursued that end of it. Mm. Well, we and we traveled together. And, and then later, he moved to California with his wife. And, and, uh, and then that marriage broke up. But we still stayed in touch for a while. And then, like often happens... You start losing track of people, or you don't correspond as often as you yeah. you should. He got remarried. He had a son, and uh, and one day I remember I said I got to get back in touch with him. And we didn't have email or texting capabilities in those days, so I wrote him a really long letter, reminded him of all the fun we'd had, and and um, you know the the crazy characters he used to do on the radio and all of that. So I sent this letter out, but about two weeks later. I get a call. No, wait a minute. I got another letter. I got a letter from a name I didn't recognize. And it was from the mother-in-law of this fellow who sadly had to tell me that he uh, Mm. put a shotgun into his mouth Mm. and pulled the trigger. Mm. And And I remember I was just so devastated and inconsolable for was less than 24 hours, I would say. Mm. And at the end of 24 hours, I, it, I, everything changed and I became furiously angry at him. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sad about it anymore. I was mad at him uh, for doing that and not even knowing the reasons why. Mm-hmm. He did have an alcohol problem. And I'm suspecting that and some boozy binge, that's why he decided this might be a good way to go. Oh, boy. I was mad at him because he left a little boy behind. Yeah. And and a wife. Yeah. Um, and I'm convinced that, you know, given another chance, he would he, he would have regretted deeply doing that. But it <clears throat> happened. I've never, I, uh, never, ever had anybody I know. I've known friends who've had people they know, um, but I've not known anybody who's, who's had that happen. Um, yeah. If, if it's somebody sad. you know... <laughs> And, and I, I guess in a way we feel like we knew Anthony Bourdain and, and uh, Kate Spade and people like that. And you, and you say, these are people, they look like, man, they, they got the world, you know, in their hand. They're, they're wealthy. They're, they got accolades coming at them from all directions. Why would they want to take their own lives? And it tells you that all of that other stuff, the material stuff and the fame and all of that. Doesn't make you happy. Maybe that's. No, I guess it really doesn't. I mean, we, 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 I think we know that, but mm-hmm. we still can't figure right, it. Right, exactly. Hey, um, so we don't end on a <clears throat> sad note. Do you? Have oh, a, no, I want to end on a sad do you, note. No, do you have a joke you can tell me? You always, you always surprise oh, me and, and, and say, hey, hey, I have a new joke I want to try out on you. Well, I'll do that next time. Oh, I I will. you don't have... But I have, I have some... Uh, little one-liners that I could throw at you. Maybe one of them would make you laugh. All right. Laugh. Maybe not. Okay. Okay, let's see. These don't always go very well, so... I. No, they're just one-liners. 
Are they puns? Okay. Like uh, play on no, words? No, they're not even. Well, they're kind of punnish in some cases. I'm not a. And they're not. I'm, and they're not related. They're not under any particular subject matter heading. I'm not a huge pun aficionado. I have a good friend. No, I'm not either. I have a girlfriend who just lo- lives for puns, and she's very good at it. She can she can pun you out in one in a conversation like you wouldn't believe. It's very. It's a. It's a skill. It's a skill. Well, it's a way of thinking. Yes. Uh, it's the way your mind works. Right. And you see everything as a pun. Like, one of the things I do, which becomes it becomes an obsession, and I try not to do it, but it, it just comes at me, is is I take, I always turn words backwards. I can see them. If I see the word park, I see the word crap, because it's backwards, you know. And, uh, and it, pretty soon, you <laughs> you get so caught up in it, you can't stop doing it What's the, all the What time. good is it? What? How? A, what's it useful? There's for? no good. It, it's not good. Like there's a street in the, this town, not far away from where, where I am right now, that is called Roball Road. R O B A L Road. So labor. So it's so it's R O yeah, and then R D is road. So I oh, see it doctor. as Doctor Labor. <laughs> doctor Labor's book. Oh my god. So that's gosh. another kind of obsession. You are so the, much weirder than I ever thought. I you think yeah, so? I didn't realize this. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, here's just a few uh, one-liners. Are we about to wrap yeah, this up? Yeah, I just wanted to end it on a happier note than okay. this. If any one of these makes you laugh, and, and I want you to really be try not to laugh, okay? Oh. But if it, one of them makes you laugh, that'll be the end of our podcast, okay? And then what we'll, happens? Because we'll end on a laugh. Well, what happens if none of them make me laugh? How are we going to end it? This is going to go on for hours. <laughs> Okay. There's a laugh. See the laugh you just did? <laughs> I'm going to edit that and put that at the end. Okay. Okay. I'm All right. Try a few of I'm these. ready. Okay. Uh, let's see. In the end, it all boils down to one thing. Steam. Okay. Human cannonballs should be rounder. This isn't working. That's kind of cute. That, okay, that was that, a titter. That's not good. It was a titter. It wasn't really a guffaw. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, these aren't very good. I wish I'd have known you were going to ask me to do this. I'm, I'm getting these out of a book I have here. My girlfriend told me she was going commando tonight. Sounded great until she smashed my window with a smoke grenade and released all my hostages. <laughs> mm, boy, this is. Re- this was a bad idea. Uh, Do you want me to give you some more time and you can just... God gave us families to help us better appreciate total strangers. I don't, what, first of all, what is the name of this book that you're getting these out of? Uh, the Book of Crappy Jokes. <laughs> I should laugh, but I cry because your love has passed me by You took me by surprise You didn't realize That I was waiting Time goes slowly But carries on And now the best years Have come and gone You took me by surprise I didn't realize
Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. <laughs> <laughs>